That not be the last time you are praying for that church grant. That it be the first time you are really increasing the intensity <laughs> of prayer. Amen. Well, I promise you after this service you'll be praying a lot more. <laughs> because I don't know where to put this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right, get your Bibles with, with uh, and then the, the fifth, uh, the, the understanding our class. Um, if you, you are, you're free, you're dismissed right now. God bless you. You guys are awesome, fantastic young people and even better teachers. All right. Come on. I was just, the, those guys sacrifice and, they, and, they, and they're doing a lot and they're inputting into our children's life. And, um, you just never know your next pastor probably it might be in that room. So, and uh, they're laying good foundation in their lives. So I want us to look at a scripture this morning out of Ephesians. Ephesians in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. It's uh, somewhere around there. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians. Okay. Oh, actually, I do have it over there. I, I'd forgotten I did have the verses over there. So um, I want to read uh, beginning in verse 14, okay? <clears throat> For this... For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power. Everybody say power. Through his Holy Spirit in your, in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. Say that again. Power. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ, of God. Now to Him... Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, that word again, power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and the power in your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who teaches us the word. And we ask today that you will reveal to us uh, what you have for us. Let the word of God not return to you void today, but let it accomplish in each one of our lives the purpose for which you sent it. Anoint me, Lord, as I deliver it. Let me speak nothing more than you have to say, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... Last week we talked about prayer. In fact, the, 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 the title of the message was Pray. And I felt like I had so much in me that I did not finish it. And for those of you that were here last year, you just should thank me. I just ended it and I'm going to pick up where I left. You know, prayer is a topic that we hear about. It's kind of, sometimes think prayer is like working out. Because you know you should do it, but you don't always do enough of it. And then, when you really drag yourself to do it, <laughs> you live better, you feel better than you did going there. But there's always that resistance that comes.
to get out of your couch and watching that game and going in and working out. And maybe you guys don't have that struggle. It is real in some people's lives. But anyway, but, uh, but, but, but Christians don't pray that much. We don't pray as much as we do. Jesus says we should pray all the time. He says we should pray without ceasing. In fact, many times, prayer meetings are the smallest attended services or meetings in, in any church. I've talked to many pastors in my life, and they, they say they have the same thing. And yet, there are many promises that God says that we will receive in our lives and can only achieve, be achieved through prayer. And we believe God is great. We believe God is able to do what He says He will do. We believe that a prayer of faith will, will, will accomplish something. But we don't always pray um, as we ought to pray. At, at least as much as we, we need to pray. And so... And, and I also wonder, why? Why is that? Why don't we pray as we all do? If we know that it is beneficial, if we agree about all these things, why is it that we have an hindrance when we, 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 we talk about prayer? Now, um, I do want to commend, though, this church. I think this is a great church of prayer. This last week, we had a prayer and fasting week. And, you know, this place was almost half full. I think that was really awesome. I was proud of parents with their kids and coming in to, to pray, you know, on a school night, cold outside. And, you know, and I remember just even encouraging parents. Sometimes you have your kids coming to the church and you don't even think maybe they're paying attention or they don't know where you're maybe constantly correcting them and say, hey, you get this or that. And sometimes parents would even keep their kids because they feel like the kids are a distraction. Because they are a distraction to them or maybe a distraction to other people and all that. But I tell you, never um, um, undermine the power of the presence of God. And those kids absorb way more than we give them credit for. They might not be showing it, but foundations are being laid uh, in their lives day by day. And they are going to grow up. They're going to grow up. And you will be surprised how much they are observing. To me, I want my kids in the presence of God. I want them to be familiar with God's presence. I don't want them to feel strange in God's presence. I want them to know what it's like to be in God's presence. I told, um, I think one of the nights, I shared a story, not in the notes. This is a free one. If you want to pay for it, you could. You have an, will have an opportunity. But I shared a story of a, of, of a man um, uh, that uh, in, in the Old Testament, King David, um, uh, uh, I, I, this guy was a worshiper. He knew he, he loved the Lord and he wanted, when he became king, his biggest mission was to bring uh, what they call the Ark of the Covenant. This was the centerpiece that was in the, uh, it was in the temple at the tabernacle of Moses and it represented where the presence of God dwelt. So where that centerpiece was placed, only one person was allowed by law could to go in there and that was the high priest. And he went once a year to go and be in God's presence. So uh, the high priest would go in there. In fact, they would tie a rope in his, uh, uh, on, on his heel. And so because if you went in there in an improper manner, if you were not uh, in an unceremonial manner, you would drop dead. And nobody, so if the priest goes in there and they stay a long time, people will just kind of wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, and he'll, he'll talk to the Lord and he, he will mediate between the people and God. And that section was called the Holy of Holies. That's where the presence of God dwelt. And so what the priest would do, um, after he would talk to the Lord and he would ask for forgiveness of the sins of the nations and get the word of the Lord, and he'll come out. And when the priest came out, people were like, yeah, 
It's awesome. And sometimes the priest never came out. And nobody wanted to go get his dead body out there. So that's why they tied the rope so they could pull him out. And that's how sacred the presence of the Lord is. And the presence of the Lord is not unsacred anymore. It hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What we have in the new covenant, when we have in the new um, uh, testament, when we have after the resurrection of Christ, is that we have the grace of God. So God doesn't judge us in according to our, our sins. He judges us on the reflection. The blood of Jesus mediates between us and God. And so us, even though we are un qualified, we are undeserving, we are sinful in nature, that through the blood of Jesus, we have access to God through through Jesus Christ. And so we can go to the Holy of Holies as much as we want to go to the Holy of Holies, because the law says it's open wide for you. You are welcome to come into the Holy of Holies. So going back to King David, he's, he knew what the presence of God, the, uh, how valuable the presence of God was. And this uh, Ark of the Covenant was the thing that represented the presence of God. And they had, he wanted to return it to where it belonged. They had been, and, uh, they, they, it had been taken out of the temple and along to make the Long story short, that was his main mission, to bring the presence of God back to Jerusalem where it belongs. Because he knew with the presence of God, blessings come. Okay, but the story I wanted to share is there is a family, that, as they were bringing the, 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 uh, the Ark of the Covenant back, they acted, they handled it improperly. And two of the guys that were handling it dropped dead. And David was so upset, saying, God, you know, what is going on? And, uh, we were, and so everybody was terrified, and they thought, wow, we need to really seek God and know how to handle this. Now, um, um, and eventually, as they were seeking the Lord and finding wisdom, they put that Ark of the Covenant in a house of some, uh, someone's house. And their family, that family, the Bible says, um, uh, his name was Obed-Edom. If I pronounce that right. And uh, Obed-Edom, he says that his families were tremendously blessed because they kept the Act of the Covenant at their house. Things were going awesome for them. Their farms were doing great. They were prospering. Things were happening for them. And even the more David wanted that Act of the Covenant back. Uh, and the point I'm making is this. Very simple. Everything we need in life is in the presence of God. You see, the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Not just a little bit of joy, not a little happiness, but the highest peak that you can get to of fulfillment and happiness. You can have happiness temporarily, but joy is consistent. And so... There are many things we do in life. We work hard. We save money. We do things. We, we do all because we want to be happy. And we want our children to be happy. We want things to be happy. And it says in His presence, all the things that we find, look for are in His presence. So when we have our children in God's presence, they might not be mature and they are growing up and you are not that mature at that age. But God is still touching them. Seeds are being planted in their lives. They are still dwelling in His presence. And God is making an impact 
in their lives. And so I was so proud of our families and parents that did. Never underestimate that. That's what I want for my kids, you know. And, 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 and I, we bring our kids to prayer because they need to learn to seek the Lord. They need to know how to be in His presence and that God is not strange to them. God is not strange to them. Amen. So, <clears throat> I think many reasons, going back to, to prayer, um, uh, that, that are, is because um, there are many practical reasons why we don't pray. But I also believe that there is a spiritual reason why we don't always pray or we don't always push because the enemy knows and understands this full well that when God's people are praying, nothing can stop them. When God's people are praying, families will be changed. Lives will be transformed. Family trees will be transformed. A nation will be impacted when God's people are praying. What, what, was it, what was the answer that God gave for nations being healed? He didn't say if you elected the best Christian in office, and though we pray for that, if you elected the, and we pray for that, and we, and we ask God for that. But he did say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from my wicked ways. God says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them their sins and I will heal their land. See, it always goes back to God's people praying because there's something in us, and I'm going to show you in a little bit, that is so unique and it's only by the grace of God that we need to always utilize because we can change the cause of history by just God's people praying. You can change your life by becoming a person of prayer. I can share with you a few thoughts from this passage that will make you a person of prayer. And you, and you keep on praying. Even when you don't see the answers immediately, you keep on praying. I think there are some misconceptions. I remember one time, which was sad to me. I was helping, uh, I, was, uh, I, I was talking to one of my neighbors that needed to, 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 um, uh, to sell their house. Uh, they had had a life change and they needed to sell their house real quick. And he asked me if I would pray with them. And, uh, and I said, yeah. But, but then the, she said, you know, I'm, very, I'm feeling a little guilty about this. I don't know if this is uh, unselfish. This is very selfish of me to ask God. You know, you know there's so many other things uh, that we, I could pray for. You know, and look, think about that. Seems nice and considerate of God. I just don't want to bother him. He's got enough things to worry about. And this is just a selfish thing. You know, I can sell my house early. And I'm like, you know, that, that is not true. And I just encouraged her. And we prayed. And she sold their, her house the next day before she even listed it. I tried to sell my house for six months and they never sold. <laughs> but, you know, God always orders your steps. And he knows his perfect timing. Because he was like, I'm praying for my neighbor. He sold it before listing it. And then you pray for yours, it doesn't happen. Do you get frustrated? Do you get jealous? Do you get what? No. You know that your plans are ordered, your steps are ordered of God. And that God makes all things beautiful in His time. And even when you don't understand it, He actually makes things work together for your good. And in the long run, you will see that there was a purpose and there was a reason for it. Amen? And so you keep on praying. Do I stop praying? No, I don't. So... One of the things, though, that I think, and I see it consistently in our culture, that we are missing, there's an element, there's a recipe in prayer that we are missing. Um, 
Whenever you talk about prayer, faith is always an ingredient that has to be associated with prayer. It is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. When you pray in faith, believing that you have it. So faith is an important component. But there is another component that is missing greatly. And uh, and a lot of it uh, shows up in a lot of insecurities about, oh, I don't know how to pray. If you feel that way sometimes, it's not abnormal to think that way. Jesus and his disciples... The disciples watched Jesus, and they could see that there was something unique in the way he prayed. But they never felt like they could pray like Jesus prayed. In fact, there's a time they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the element that I see missing, that I believe God wants to receive, I believe it's the will of God, that if we grasp it, it would help us be able to become people of prayer in good times, in bad times. Every day, 24-7, we are people of prayer. And when we are, things begin to happen. Satan is not at all uh, afraid of a creative church. And the most innovative, on the edge, they come up with the coolest stuff. He's not afraid at all. What intimidates the enemy is a praying church. It's a praying church. Because you can do things in the spiritual realm that will completely destroy his plans. And his plans are always to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we as the people of God can really mess up with him. Big time. Big time. Okay, big time. Say, think about when the Lord was crucified. Satan was on a mission to destroy him because he was influencing all these people for the kingdom of God. And Satan wanted to kill him, destroy him. Little did he know that killing Jesus, or trying to, for that matter, would lead up to the salvation of mankind. You said, oh my gosh, oh boy, they killed our Lord. But all the while, God knew he had his plan. He actually helped God fulfill his plan. I don't know what's going on in your life. He might be seeking to destroy you, uh, going into places, uh, yeah, closing doors for you, maybe feeling like you're dejected and things are not happening for you. The enemy can attack you. He can attack you all he wants. But if you're a faithful person, consistent in prayer, faithful to the Lord, he would help you fulfill God's purpose in your life. What was meant to destroy you will turn around and bless you. In Jesus' name. So the thing that I'm, is missing, you're probably hanging there, is the, is the power of God. Okay? It says that God has deposited his power in us. My first point. God has deposited his power in us. Now a couple of lines here in that passage. It says, so Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he goes on to say, so out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. The reason we get intimidated is that we don't feel the energy. We don't feel the power. We don't feel the strength. And sometimes we don't even pray with intensity because we are trying to pray out of our own understanding. We're trying to do it on our own. We are pioneers. I don't need no one to help me. I can handle this. You have a problem? No, I'm not a problem. I'm fine. No, you're not. No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Seriously, I'm good. Yeah, just don't help me. Have you ever tried to help somebody where they are clearly in need and they got so upset with you that you're trying to help them? You're like, oh my gosh. 
Sorry. You're good. But sometimes we try to do it on our own when we don't have to do it on our own. You see, Jesus prayed under the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God gives you power to do the will of God. You see, um, uh, he says that God wants to put the power. Where is that power? In us. He wants to deposit it in us. And it's consistent throughout the Bible. Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send my promise. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. This was a promise to his disciples. He says, hey, there is a promise. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to rely on your own experience. You don't have to rely on your own understanding. You don't have to rely on your own strength. You wait because I am sending you a promise. It's for you. And do not leave. Do not depart. Stay there until you receive that promise. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. Because in Acts chapter 8, it says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought to pray. But He intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be understood. He says that He he that searches the heart understands what the mind of the Spirit is. And therefore He makes intercession for all saints in accordance to the will of God. You want to pray the will of God? You pray in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit understands what the will of God is. Because sometimes we don't have the strength. But that's why we need His Spirit. Sometimes, but if you think you have the strength, you might be deceiving yourself. Or at least living way beneath what God has already for you. So um, uh, another verse here, Luke Acts 1, uh, 8 says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, There is a power that you need. God has accomplished all, all that needs to happen as it relates to salvation. Okay, on the cross when Jesus died, what did he say? It is. But we have a part to play. And our part is receiving and accepting what he did for us. Are you with me? He died for the whole world. But we have to receive it individually. We have to act in faith and accept what he did for us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him, the world plural, the multitudes of people, but whoever believes in him, singular, one individual. There's an individual response that completes that work of salvation. God did what needs to be done, but we have to receive that for ourselves. Are you with me? The same principle works in prayer. God has given everything us everything we need. And He's depositing His Spirit inside of us so that we can pray out of the Spirit in us and call the things that are already ours and declared and decreed by the work of, of Christ. And we can call those things into being. We don't do it on our own strength. We do it by power. I thought um, that the ending of that passage was very interesting. We know this scripture that says, uh, you know, and I think it's a, it's a favorite for a lot of people, I think. I, I know it's a favorite of mine. It says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, think about the next phrase. According to the power that is at work, where? 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 
Now, is God able? But he, what's the measurement? The power that works in us. So God's unlimited power is limited to the degree of the faith that we have or the prayers that we pray. So the measurement and the limit is us because the power that works in us. Are you with me? But I also thought it was really interesting that there are three adverbs that if we erase those adverbs, the statement will still mean the same thing. If we said, God is able to do all. (laughs) God is able to do all that we ask and think. It still means the same thing. Why the three extra adverbs in the statement? It doesn't change because all to me means all. It means everything. But I think the Holy Spirit was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this message across to you. But... It just isn't quite expressing well what God has in mind for us. So, so let's say we, we say, if God is able to do abundantly about, to do abundantly above all that we ask. Says, Man, that, that, you know, we're adding another adverb there. But he goes, no, no, no. It still doesn't work. Let's say exceedingly, abundantly, above. Why the overemphasis? I think he is screaming at us. Can you hear me? I said all. Oh. I said all. Oh. But maybe you're not getting it. Let's try this again. He wants to do all oh, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask and even think according to the power that is at work in you. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, but it does denote that that our measurement, our, 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 our exercise of faith, does something to the to seeing the fullness of that power being distributed in our lives. The way I like to think about it is: Are you dispensing? Are you are are you, are you utilizing that prayer on your finances, on your family? Your children, your future, your career, our nation, the church. Are you exercising? Is the power within you attracting God's desire and will to be done in your life? Are we limiting because we are not doing anything with it or at least not doing enough? Uh, last week in our message, we talked, I mentioned uh, the story of Daniel in chapter 10 when he had prayed for, 10 day, uh, for, for 21 days. And he prayed and prayed. He was fasting. He says he didn't eat anything. Um, uh, well, he, did, he, he didn't eat any comfort foods and all that. And he was uh, fasting. And he had prayed and asked the Lord uh, for, for, uh, for, for something. And the Bible says that the, an angel came on, his, on the 21st day. And I know the point I made last week was about fasting and the role that maybe he played. But another thing in that story in Daniel 10 is that what if Daniel had stopped praying after 13 days? Or 12 days. I prayed two or three times and he kind of gave up because nothing was happening. And yet the Bible says that the, from the very first day, 
that he began to pray, God had already answered his prayer and was sending an angel to the rescue. But it wasn't until 21 days that that prayer was actually visible. The answer was visible to Daniel. How many times we pray for something, and when we don't see the answer, at least in the way we expect to see it, we stop. And just right above, when you're about to get your miracle, you pull back. You've been plowing the ground, hitting the rocks, looking for water down, and you get just an inch. It's like, boy, there's no water in this land. There's not the water in Nebraska. Nothing, 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 nothing. We dug, we dug, we dug. And you're just right there. Stopped. Think about this. Jesus says that I implore that all men shall pray all, uh, to pray all the time and not, never what? Never cease. But there's an honor that says I never give up. I never give up. Because you pray all the time, but you never give up. Because it says, do not be weary in doing what is good, for in due season you shall reap a harvest if you do not Give up. If you fail not, the old King James would say, if you do not give up. Sometimes you give up too soon. And it's okay to keep praying, even for the same thing, for a long time. You read stories of people praying for family members um, that uh, don't know the Lord. And boy, the more you pray, the worse they get. I was like, now I'm an atheist. I used to believe in God a little bit, but now I just convert I'm a full atheist. And you're praying, you're like, wow, there is no such thing as God. It's like the symptom could be getting worse. But you know, God is the one who touches people's hearts. God is the one who loves people back into repentance. God is the one that reveals people. He says that nobody says that Jesus Christ is Lord unless through the Spirit of God. Don't give up. If you've been praying for your family, don't give up. I remember praying for my family and especially my dad for years. And uh, boy, and you're thinking, wow, this thing is going downhill. And you know what? One day God did it. One day God did it. And we were all surprised at how good he did it. It wasn't just a belly hanging on unless hopefully I'll be saved. God transformed his life, restored relationships in our family. And it was amazing. Don't give up on anyone. Don't give up on anything that is yours already. Secondly, um, uh, we, we, is, uh, that we, we, we must release his power. And that power is released. The power in us is released only through prayer. It, it, when we pray, we are releasing God's power. We are praying God's will into our situations. You know, tomorrow we celebrate uh, Martin Luther King's Day. And I think uh, it's really amazing. I thought it was really powerful. That uh, his last sermon, the day before he died, he was about doing the will of God. You know, the history don't want to talk a lot about, they call him a civil rights leader. But he was a preacher. He was the reverend. He was doing the will of God. He says, my design in my life is to do the will of God, come what may. That was his last sermon. And when we pray God's will... In our lives. You know, even Jesus would pray at the Garden of Gethsemane. He'd pray a very passionate prayer. And, and he knew what was coming to him. He was dreading what was coming because he could, he knew what was coming. But he'll say, Lord, if it is possible, I ask that you would take this cup away from me. 
And he would cry and says, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Lord, not as I will, but as your will. And he prayed that a few times. And the disciples would see him in agony because he knew what the cup represented. It represented all of our sins. It represents our sickness. It represented all the bad stuff that would happen, that we do. And he was taking it upon himself. He said, Lord God, if it is possible, would you take this cup from me? I don't want to have it. I don't want to go through it. But nonetheless, I stand firm because I don't seek my will. I want your will to be done. And that is a good place to be. God's will might be an easy thing, and sometimes it might be a hard thing. But always it is the best thing to be, to do. It's always the best place to be in God's will. And so when we pray God's will, we are releasing His power, the power in us. And I'm going very, um, uh, and in closing, um, um, I want to read the verse in John 7. It says, this is Jesus saying, John seven thirty seven, On the last day, that the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living waters. What was he talking about? Rivers of living waters. He explains. Uh, he's explained here. John explains it. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive. How many believe in him? For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So he says, he uses an analogy of water. He uses an analogy of river to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. And again, notice, that out of the innermost being, out of the depths of his heart, out of, it wasn't an external thing, it was coming from within. Here's my question. Is your river, is yours, is the, is the, is the water flowing out of your innermost being? Is it just a river or is it a trickle? How much are you getting out? How much are you, how much is coming out of you? How much prayer is going out and being dispensed concerning issues of, of life? Or, you know, how much are we praying? Because I think that is determined by us being active in prayer. I hope I'm making sense to you. And so Jesus uses that analogy of, uh, of water. And, and, and it is, again, the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray. If you don't have that... You need that in your life. You need that in your life. Because you, you will struggle to pray. You won't know how to pray. And your prayers will be limited. But the Holy Spirit helps us be able to pray beyond what we can do on our own. Jude, uh, one small, uh, just this one chapter, second to last book in the Bible, verse 20. It says that you, beloved, build up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you pray in the Spirit, it builds your own, you're building your own self up. You might come where you have no energy at all. But when you're praying in the Spirit, He helps you in your weakness. And He prays in you and through you. And the power that works inside of you, you're able to even pray prophetically. You're able to pray into things that you would have never, never start up out of, by your own nature and your own self. But God helps you. That's why we have Holy Spirit as our helper. 
I was thinking about it, it's like a faucet. You know, have you ever gone in, like, uh, I hate this in the winter. Um, you you want to wash your hands and you open the faucet, and boy, that thing is cold. <laughs> and you keep waiting and waiting. and it <laughs> Never gets warm. Sometimes yeah, I'll start it before. <laughs> Go and come back because I want the warm one. But you know, we have faith that when we turn that thing on, that that water will turn warm. It will, be, it will feel good in my hands when I wash them, you know? And I think like sometimes it's like that. Um, uh, well, we have faith that that water will turn. And sometimes we have less faith in God that he will eventually come through. Or we open it, it's cold, I'm turning, I'm not washing my hands. We give up quick. But we have faith that we wait. Wait, wait, I know, eventually it should, it should work. <laughs> and it's like that in prayer. The Holy Spirit flows. He flows through us and dispenses the will of God in our lives. But that power is limited to how much we decide to believe. We, how much we decide to use. I, I wanted to kind of, this is the way I see it. I have a bigger cup and water. This is me or you. This is the Holy Spirit. Jesus described him as water. We're filled. Okay? It's full. Is this good water? Yeah, I'm sure it's good. It's all right. If I drop dead, you know, tell my wife. Oh, she's here. But what God wants in us is not just for our cup to be full. So King David said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay? My, you fill my cup. My cup does what? Runs over. So being filled is a continual flow from above. You wait. You tarry in Jerusalem until you have received the power from on high. And so there's a continual uh, flow that comes from God that continues to overflow in your life. So you are always full. But guess what? If you're full to overflowing, that's when this power begins to have impact not only in your life, but the environment around you. People in your life are beginning to be affected. If this thing continues to go on and go on and go on from the unlimited supply of heaven, continues to pour out to your limited heart and it's overflowing, before you know it, the things around you begin to change. Things begin to, to get wet. People around you begin to be affected. That's why it says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses for me. And it goes on to the ends of the earth because you will be able to impact the nations because the flow is coming from on high and it doesn't stop. Sometimes we get filled. Man, wasn't that awesome? I'm out of here. I got the Holy Ghost in me. That supply needs to go on and on and on. You need to be recharging because as you're recharging all the time, it affects you. It impacts your family. It impacts your friends. It impacts people uh, that you work with. They say, man, whatever happened to you? That you're getting endowed with power from on high. You're getting a consistent supply. Don't close that faucet. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. 
And that's when you start praying consistently and you start praying with power. See, the Bible talks about praying with power. It talks about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And there are times you can pray very boldly because you already know what the will of God because the will of God concerning an issue might be very clear that you can see on the Bible. I know, God, that it is not your will that anyone should perish. It's not your will that anyone should perish. And so I can pray and believe, God, that Lincoln, Nebraska will be a city of our God because people, God wants people to be saved. So when I pray that kind of prayer, I pray with a lot of passion and zeal because I'm declaring what God already has promised. What I already know is His will. When I pray for my family, I pray for uh, with passion and, and I pray with intensity because I already know He says that this gift is not just for you. It's for you and your children and your children's children and to those that are far off. And so I can pray boldly and with passion because I know already that's the will of God. He says that it's not your will. He says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So when I pray for healing, when I pray for my finances, I pray with passion and declare the word of the Lord because I know He doesn't wish that I live in poverty. He doesn't wish that I live sick. So I can pray and believe God for healing. And I can pray with passion and confidence. That's the power of prayer. It doesn't have to be timid. Because when the Spirit of God is on you, you can pray with confidence. Because it's not you. It's not what you want only. It's like Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. And I trust in your timing. You pray, you keep on praying. The timing of God is perfect. And He makes all things beautiful in His time. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the Lord, Holy Spirit, who you imparted to the church. You gave us a gift. You opened the heavens. You cut the, the veil asunder. That there will be no limitations between us and you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross and mediating us before the Lord and opening the heavens wide for us. I pray right now, Lord, that you will endure the power of the Holy Spirit upon your church. That you will make us a people who pray with power. Because it's not, uh, in, we don't put confidence in the flesh, but we put confidence in you, O oh God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weaknesses. Oh, Father, we open up to you. We ask you, Lord. We put no limitations on you. That you will cause our cups to run over. In the name of Jesus. You say that we should approach your throne of grace with confidence. With confidence. And I pray right now for an impartation of that confidence that comes from your Holy Spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up and worship him. I feel like the Lord, maybe you need a recharge. <laughs> maybe you just need a recharge, a reset. Or maybe you need a touch for the first time. As the leaders in worship, we're going to pray for the power on high. We want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and strengthen us. If you need a touch from God, you get out of your seat and come over here right now. Because the Lord is wanting to impart. I just feel that anointing. You don't have to pray the same way in 2016. Amen. As us. Just come in and receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than 
dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of Darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord. Through the storm, He is Lord. Lord. 
my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing does something, it's so appropriate that we give thanks when he answers prayers. And you know, I wanted just to, to ask Nate, I know he wasn't planning on this, but the Lord, the, it was amazing. Could you, could you tell us just, Nate, what, what, what the Lord um, um, has been doing in your life? Maybe we could just go right into Wednesday. You came up for prayer. Prayer on, on, Wednesday, you could, prayer on Wednesday night at the prayer and fasting. Um, just came up in Pray for the Holy Spirit to come in my life more and um, to get it closer. <laughs> there we go. You sound really good on the mic, by the way. <laughs> so, so he came to pray for to receive the Holy Spirit in his life. Okay. So, so what happened, Nate? Just tell us what happened. Well, in November I had partially torn my rotator cuff, and I worked for a concrete company, and I hadn't been able to work. And after coming up and praying Wednesday night, I got back to my seat and um, I realized I didn't have any pain in my shoulder anymore. <laughs> the first time in months and it's, it's still, it's good. He came to me and like, I can't believe it. It's still gone. <laughs> it's still gone. You know, and he didn't even come to pray for, for he didn't even come to pray for the healing. And I know this because I've talked to Nate since he busted his shoulder there because I knew how much in pain he was. And in fact, he's been out of work because of it. And we didn't even pray for that. He just wanted the Holy Spirit in his life. And so God answered that prayer. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. But then he goes back. And God already knew what he needed. See, like what we were saying earlier. What we need is already in God's presence. He knows exactly what you need. He got the presence of God in his life. But one prayer he wasn't even asking for for that time, God answers. God answers. Can we just give him praise and glory? Father, we just thank you for Nate's life. We thank you for what you're doing in him, Lord. We bless him in his life. Let this be an incredible year for him where he gets deeper in you, O oh God, and see every promise in his life fulfilled, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Thanks for sharing. Man. Yeah, awesome. You know, you might be here and you haven't yet asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life as your Savior. 
And we want to pray for you. And in fact, I'll give you an opportunity later to receive Christ as your Savior. That's where you start. You have to allow, you have to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have to be born again. And that happens. It's very simple, but what happens is greater than just something simple. And we want to help you do that. We're going to sing this song and just worship the Lord for a moment. I'll come pray. And if you need Jesus in your life, we're going to pray for you as well. Amen. And the altars are still open, by the way, for prayer. You know, you, they're still open for prayer. I bless the Lord forever. I will trust Him at all times. that line that declaring that is a declarative prayer you're saying you know what god you are my help you are my help you're my shelter you're my i want us to take a moment just and repeat that line and just begin to declare it out of your heart and declare who the lord is okay thank you lord you are my shield and i'll say of the lord i'll say of the lord you are my shield. Tell it to him. Make it a prayer right now. Declare it boldly from your heart. My portion. Deliver my shelter. Strong tower. My very present help. Into my shield. Yes, Lord, my strength, my strength, my portion, deliver my shelter, strong tower, my very present help inside of me. Lord,
Lord, we look to you as our help, our strong tower, our hope, our deliverer. Like the psalmist would say, Lord, that I will look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, I pray right now that even in this year that's new, Lord, a year that we don't know what's in store, but we know, Lord, that if you are our strength, if you are comfort, if you are deliverer, we have nothing to be worried about. We have nothing to fear about because we put our trust in you, God. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We lift you up for it in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to pray, continue to pray with every eye bowed, every eye closed in the presence of God. Before we go home, I want to give you an opportunity. You're saying, Pastor Solo, I want Jesus in my life. Or maybe I've been living far away from God. I just need a fresh start with God. And that's me. I just want to pray a quick prayer with you. I don't want to close the service without giving you this opportunity to ask Jesus into your life today. Raise your hand. Just show me. I have my eyes open. I'll see your hand. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Any, thank you, right there. Thank you. Anybody else? Just one moment. I, you don't want to live today without having the Lord <coughs> in your life. And maybe you just need a fresh start from Him. You just, I want to give you one more moment. Anybody else? Thank you. Church, I want us to pray together. With this, I raise your hands. I want us to pray together. Just pr- declare together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, come to you today, I come to you today just as I am. Just as I, am. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come I repent of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I ask you today to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a fresh start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He prayed that prayer for the first time, or if it's a recommitment. God answered you. He heard you. Maybe you didn't even show me your hand, but you are sincere when you prayed. God God heard. Because the Bible says that people look at the outside stuff, God judges their heart. If you prayed sincerely, God heard you. Make it a priority to get connected. We're here for you. We're here for you to help you so that you can get a good footing in the Lord. He wants to bless your life. You don't have to be the same. The old is gone. The new has come. We're going to close with one song. In fact, I'm going to just dismiss you in prayer and they're going to get to the first one. And we're you stay as long as you want. I'm just going to pray for you. And we're going to just sing out of this place. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. As we go out of this place, help us, Lord, on the roads. Protect us. Let us have a great week in you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week in Jesus Christ. Amen.